Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad that you're here today. It's good to share this time with you. I hope you had a wonderful uh, New Year's and Christmas season. And uh, we're starting off 2015 in a wonderful way. We welcome you here and uh, hope God's going to bless you in a very special way as we worship God together. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us. We're glad that you're here with us and hope you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God. Let me remind everyone of our uh, attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take those and fill them out uh, so we can have a record of your attendance with us. If you would put your name and address and phone number on there. And especially if you'd like to receive our email newsletter, please put your email address on there. And we'll uh, put you on the list for that. It's a great way to keep up with the activities here at Community Baptist Church. Uh, speaking of which, we have a number of things coming up. Our uh, Dawnings team will be meeting this afternoon at 5 o'clock at the uh, Cornelius House uh, to get our initiatives underway. We, as, as you remember, we uh, came up with several initiatives that we are beginning this year, and uh, we're going to be getting started on those very quickly, and so we're going to be making some plans today to uh, get those implemented. Uh, one of those initiatives is our Commodities Day that's a part of the uh, Henderson Christian Outreach, and that will be on January the 13th. And we could use your help, right, Mary? Excellent. Yes, they, what, what happens here is that these senior citizens get a commodity box of, of food from the government and we are becoming their uh, distribution point. And, and while they're here, we're going to uh, offer them a lunch and, and some entertainment and some conversation and just, just be there because a lot of them are very lonely and don't get out very much and this is a great opportunity to minister to them. So we could use some more chili and we could use your presence with us. And Mary, I see that hand. I love entertainment, and some people in this church don't get paid like Yeah, Okay. Also, um, you remember during December, uh, which was our anniversary month, we turned 20 in December, our church did. Uh, we uh, started uh, taking orders for T-shirts, our uh, commemorative t-shirts for our anniversary and you are not too late to get your order in but you have to get it in today uh, see Nora or Mary Rye and uh, you can get your order in today I think there's some order sheets on the table here if not see one of them and they'll get you one but you need to get it in today the order goes in tomorrow so please uh, uh, get that order in this uh, this morning or, or by this evening uh, also, one of our initiatives that we're going to be doing is uh, a small group discussion surrounding a movie, surrounding a series of movies, actually. And the first one that we're going to be, do, uh, going to be viewing is on January the 18th, that Sunday evening at 5 o'clock, and the movie will be incredibly loud and extremely close. Now, that's not a description of the movie. That's the title of the movie, <laughs> Incredibly Loud and Extremely Close. And I, 
uh, and that's January 18th at 5 o'clock. So we invite you to come and to enjoy a time just watching the movie, and then we'll discuss some of the, the, the places that we see God in that movie uh, afterwards. And then also on Wednesday night, uh, we've had a couple of Wednesdays off, uh, but we'll be beginning our Wednesday program again this week. And uh, we will have lunch, uh, lunch. We'll have dinner at 5:45, and then our uh, Bible study at 6:30. And we're beginning a new series of Bible studies on Wednesday, uh, titled "Discovering Your Spiritual Gifts," and that'll be at 6:30. So we've got a lot going on, and I hope that you can be be a part of as much of that as you possibly can be. And we encourage your participation. And now let us stand. Let us greet each other in the name of the Lord and. Share the love of God with one another.
Let us pray together. O Lord of bright and abiding light, you have shown us in the person of your Son, Jesus, a new way to live. You have poured your light into the world and have asked us to live in the light rather than to run and hide in the darkness of doubt and despair. You have promised to be our light all of our days, and you ask us to place our trust in you. The journey in this light is risky. It means that we will have to be very serious about our service to you, giving you our very best and offering hope and light to others. In this new year, we bring to you the names and the situations of others for for whom light seems to be a stranger. We think of those who struggle with ill health, and we lift them up to you. We think of those who struggle with economic hardship. We think of those who struggle with broken and damaged relationships. We think of those who struggle with the loss of loved ones and who suffer from anxiety. We place them in your care, O God, and we pray that your light would shine upon them and bring healing and hope and help us to be bearers of that light in all that we do. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you join me in our responsive reading, entitled, Arise and Shine. Arise, shine, for the light of the world has come. Darkness covers the earth and its people. But the radiance of God's light burns away its shadows, illuminates the smallest corner, and heralds in start from new dawn. Hearts no longer fear. Souls are set free, and sister shall follow brother, nation shall follow nation, and kings and princes bow down in awe before the one who comes to reign. Rise, shine, for the light of the world to come. Alleluia. Good morning. The scripture, scripture reading for today is taken from Matthew 2, 1 through 12, the visit of the wise men. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet, 
and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road.
Happy New Year. Thank you, Sydney. Thank you. Everybody else asleep. You know what? This would have been a great morning to sleep. It's cold and it's cloudy and dreary. And I'm. Yeah. Yes. But you know what? God did shine his light down on all your parents, all your grandparents, whoever brought you this morning. God shone his light down and he said, take those kids to church because they are the lights. You think you're a light this morning? Maybe not right now, but maybe after you go upstairs and get a donut hole and a juice, then you'll be a light, right? (laughs) All right. Are we talking about this kind of light, Zoe? Let's see if this one works. Oh, man. That light's not on. Hmm. Because it's not plugged in. Oh, that has to be plugged in. What about this thing? Mm, nope. Must need something. What do you think? Oh, a battery. Darn. All right. What about this one? Hey, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about shining our light. Do you guys know you are all full of light already? Do you know you're full of light? How, Neva? You want me to tell you how? Sydney was here last Sunday, and she did children's moment, and she got up there and played the piano for Jesus. That's her. That was her light that day. She's full of light. Gracie, Gracie's up there. A lot of you are up there in children's moment, and you all help get the table clean. Not children's moment, children's worship. And you get the table cleaned off. You pass the napkins. You listen to the study. You do your crafts. That's your light. Zoe, what do you have on the bulletin board up there that we do every time we walk up there? Your prayer that we use every single time we go up there. Georgia, you take care of Neva if she needs something up there. I could go. Sarah, you know that you answer every question up there. You all have so many lights that you have to share. And you have to share that because your parents and your grandparents and whoever brought you to church this morning thinks so much of you and they want you to be filled with Jesus' light when you come to Sunday school. And that's what the question we're going to talk about upstairs today. Anybody want to read that for me? Sarah, you want to read that for me? What is your light? And every single person in here has some kind of light that they can give. Just like I talked about Miss Jerry Wagner getting all this together for Senior Commodity Day. But it's not just Jerry, and she'll say that too. It's everybody in this church. We have so many lights in this church, and we're going to let them shine in 2015. Okay? Let's go upstairs and talk more about what your light is.
Gracious God, this is the beginning of a new year. We have a new calendar that's all nice and clean. We have a new slate. It's all nice and clean. Your gift to us. So may we take this year and use it to further your kingdom, to grow ourselves closer to you to share as you taught us. May that be our gift to you. Amen. Today we celebrate Epiphany Sunday, which is a day that recognizes the dawning of Christ to the Gentiles through the story of the Magi coming to worship the child Jesus. The day of Epiphany is actually January the 6th, which is where we get our 12 days of Christmas. I know a lot of people think it's the 12 days leading up to Christmas, but it's not. 
It's the 12 days after Christmas, from December 25th to Epiphany on January the 6th. But many churches celebrate this event on the Sunday before Epiphany, on Epiphany Sunday. Now, the word Epiphany literally means a manifestation or an appearance, especially of a divine nature. And the story of the Magi coming to worship the Christ child is filled with much hope, in spite of the fact that this story is also filled with a lot of darkness and evil intentions. It's a, it's a dichotomy. It is a paradox that there's so much hope in this story, but so much darkness at the same time. Now, in every war, whether it's in Gaza or Nigeria or the drug wars of Honduras or Guatemala, in any war situation, children are always the most vulnerable victims. But every once in a while, you read something that gives you hope. William Brewer, in his book titled Bizarre Tales from World War II, tells an amazing story that took place six days after D-Day. It seems that General George Patton's Third Army was headed eastward from their, their landing at Normandy toward a town called Nancy in France. It was a city of about 200,000 people. But as Patton's army approached the city, a lot of worried parents in the city sent their children to a school outside of Nancy as a safety precaution. However, unbeknownst to these parents and also to Patton's army, this action caused more than 80 children between the ages of 2 and 6 to be left in kind of a no-man's land between the American and the German forces. Well, a company commander, Captain George Schneider, became aware of this situation and called for volunteers for the dangerous task of rescuing these helpless children. And so Schneider and and ten other volunteers slipped into the darkness of no man's land and headed for that school, which was about a half a mile away. The GIs expected to be raked by machine gun fire at any moment, but they arrived at their destination safely. The patrol snuck into the dark building of the school where they were greeted by four French nurses who had been taking care of these children. And by the light of two candles, the children gawked at the apparitions that had suddenly appeared to them out of the darkness. There were only a few whimpers, even as the artillery shells were shaking the building. And then almost as though this scenario had been rehearsed many times before, each soldier cradled two of the tiny children in their arms. Others rode piggyback, hanging on to the GI's shoulders. And other children, the older children, grabbed onto the shoulders' jackets and their belts. And in single file, the group moved out of the building and into the darkness. Moments later, the brightness of a flare turned the landscape into daylight, and so the GIs fell to the ground, careful not to hurt any of the children. And shells began crashing all around them, but not one child cried out. Not one child let out a scream. Perhaps they were too frightened to even utter a sound. And when the flare's light finally vanished, Captain Schneider called out in a stage whisper, Let's go. And then after trudging in the darkness for several hundred yards, the Americans heard a voice called out, Halt! Who goes there? 
And Schneider gave the password, and the procession continued into American-held territory. Soon the group arrived at a field hospital, and these dirty, bearded, exhausted soldiers tenderly put these sleeping children to bed. After daylight, the children were reunited with their parents. The baby patrol had been unique. American soldiers risked their lives to save these frightened children who they had never known and would never see again. What a beautiful story of courage and humanity in the midst of, a, of the horrors of war. We could only wish that there had been a baby patrol available in Judea about 2,000 years ago. You see, that's when Herod sent out his order that all of the baby boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity were to be massacred. You probably know the story. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star and we have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this news, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. So he called his chief priests and the teachers of the law and and asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And they replied, In Bethlehem of Judea. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star appeared. And he sent them on to Bethlehem and said, Go and search for this child. And as soon as you find him, report back to me so that I too may come and worship him. Well, of course, Herod had no intention of worshiping this newborn king. Instead, he wanted to kill him. You see, Herod was such an insecure man that he was afraid even of a tiny little baby. You know how the story ends. After the Magi had heard what the king had said, they went on their way and they saw the star that they had seen. They followed the star that they had seen and it went on ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star there, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And the Bible tells us that having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another road. Now, if this story had ended right there, there would be no problem. I wish this story had ended right there because it is a part of the most beautiful story ever told. And if we end the story right there, we do so with all of the beauty and all of the joy of Christmas as the the Magi lay their gifts before this newborn king. But unfortunately, the story does not end there. And so we have a story of unspeakable horror. You see, every male child in the vicinity of Bethlehem 
was murdered at the order of this deranged king. So you see, my friends, if you have any doubt that the people who sat in darkness really knew what darkness was all about, here is the evidence. These tiny children were murdered because of an insane monarch's fear and his lust for power. And if we could say that this terrible act of violence was an isolated event, then maybe we could just kind of slide over this dark moment and chalk it up to one demented person. But we can't do that, can we? You see, all throughout history, human beings have been guilty of atrocities just like this. And if we could somehow ease our troubled minds with the thoughts that that surely humanity has evolved since that time and surely humanity has put aside such atrocious acts of violence, if we could put that in our mind, then certainly we could move on to happier events in the Scripture. But again, we can't do that, can we? Because history tells us that we haven't evolved so much at all. The ovens of Auschwitz are less than 70 years behind us. The massacre at Milay is within the lifetime of most of our members of our congregation here. So you see, there's still a lot of darkness in the human heart. We see it in the treachery of the terrorists in the Middle East. We see it in the warlords of Africa who force 10- and 12-year-old boys to become soldiers in their cause, and they kidnap little girls to become their brides. We see it in the horrible acts of violence that occur regularly in our own land, domestic violence, violence aimed at children in our schools, drug and gang shootings in our inner cities, and we see it in the actions of King Herod. The point is, not much has changed. Dr. Tom Long tells a story in his book titled Shepherds and Bathrobes. It's about a photograph that hangs in a museum on a museum wall in the concentration camp at Dachau. The photo shows a mother and her little girl being taken to the gas chamber in Auschwitz. The girl doesn't know where she's going or what's about to happen to her, but her mother walking behind her knows all too well what is about to happen. But unfortunately, there's nothing that the mother can do to protect her her daughter or herself. And so she does the only loving thing that she can do. She places her hand over the little girl's eyes. So at least she will not have to see the horror that awaits her. Dr. Long says that when people see this photo in the museum, they do not move by quickly. Nor do they move by easily to the next photograph. You can see their emotion, almost hear the cries in their heads. Oh God, don't let that be all there is. Somewhere, somehow. Set things right. And I know, folks, that this is a downer. (laughs) 
this is sad. These are hard words, and I can't skip over them. I wish I could. But I want to give you good news today. The Christ event. This is what the Christ event is all about. It is about setting things right. It is about setting things right. There's only one reason that Christ came into the world. It is so that all of this darkness that resides in the heart of human beings can be dispelled by the light of God's love. And that includes the darkness in your life and in mine. He came for us. For us. Dr. Myron Augsburger tells about having a chat with a man on a park bench years ago in Washington, D.C. And the man suddenly asked him, are you a preacher? I guess, you know, we have that look, you know. (laughs) But the man asked, are you a preacher? And Dr. Augsburg said, well, as a matter of fact, I am. And then he said that the man almost sneered at him. He said, tell me, what difference does it make in my life that Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago? And Dr. Augsburger thought about it for a moment, and he asked, do you have friends? And the man said, yes, I have friends. And Dr. Augsburger said, suppose one of your friends gets in trouble, and the man said, you hang with him. And Dr. Augsburger said, it gets really bad. And the man said, you still hang with him. And then Dr. Augsburger said, it gets really rough. When do you cop out? And the man looked at Augsburger and said, if he's your friend, you never cop out. And Dr. Augsburger smiled at the man and he said, and God came to us in the form of Jesus Christ as our friend. And we're in trouble. We're in trouble. So he hung in there with us. And our trouble got really bad, really difficult, and he still hung in there with us. When could Jesus cop out, he asked. And so the man looked at Dr. Augsburger, and it it was almost as though the lights went on in the man's eyes, and he smiled, and he said, you mean that's why Jesus had to die? And Dr. Augsburger said, that's one reason. He came, and he said, your problem is now my problem. So the man got up from where he was sitting, squared his shoulders, nodded his head, and walked away. And as Dr. Augsburger watched him go walking down the sidewalk, he said to himself, man, you don't know it, but you've just been evangelized. (laughs) Because once you know a God who says your problem is now my problem, you can never be the same. You see, my friends, Christ came into the world in order to drive out all that darkness. And the darkness is there. We can't say it's not. It is there. It is there in the world. It is there in our hearts. But Jesus came into the world to drive that darkness out and to make our problem his problem, to make the world's problem his problem. Back in 1999, there was a movie called Three Kings starring George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg and Ice Cube. It was a brutal satire on the first Iraq war, filled with a lot of profanity and violence, and, and yet, yet it tells a, a heartening story 
the plot was that four ethically challenged American soldiers found a map on the body of an, an Iraqi officer. And they discovered that it was a map to a bunker containing gold bullion that had been stolen from Kuwait by Saddam Hussein's re regime. And so these soldiers decided to steal the gold for themselves. Well, when the decision was made, one of the soldiers began to sing a, a crude ad adaptation of the carol, We Three Kings of Orient Are. And that's where the movie gets its title. But along the way, these four ethically challenged soldiers wind up getting involved with a group of rebels, including a number of women and children who were fleeing from Saddam's re regime. And they get so involved with these rebels that these four soldiers who set out to steal the gold so that they might live like kings, they end up giving the gold away so that the rebels' lives might be spared. Unlike the Baby Patrol, Three Kings is a work of fiction, but it does speak to us of something real and enduring. And here it is. We may have darkness in our hearts, like they did, bad intentions, but it doesn't have to stay there. It doesn't have to stay there. And we may have darkness in our world, but it doesn't have to stay there either. You see, referring to Jesus, John wrote in his gospel, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. My friends, that light of Jesus Christ still shines today. And one day, one day, we are promised it will fill the entire world. That's our hope. That's our hope. And our responsibility on this Epiphany Sunday is to take that light into the world and let it shine for others. The question is, will you do your part? Will you show Christ's love to the world? We are blessed because Christ has come into our lives and Christ has taken the darkness from us and replaced it with his light of love. Let us share it with the world who needs it so desperately. Amen. Let's sing together number 502. Open my eyes that I may see. Open my eyes, illumine, illumine me. Put your light on me, O God, O Spirit of God. What a wonderful way to speak about Christ expelling the darkness in our lives. And that's what it's all about. It's about letting Christ light in so the darkness may flee. There may be someone here today who needs to allow that to happen in your life today. There may be someone here today for whom darkness has been a part of your life for too long and it's time to let the light of Christ in. 
We invite you to do that today. And it's very easy. All you have to do is to ask Jesus to come, to take the darkness away and to fill your life with his light and love. God loves you. And I know it's hard. It's hard sometimes. It's hard to, to live a life filled because there's so much darkness in the world. But God's love is there. And God wants to fill you with that love. All you have to do is ask. Let Him. Perhaps you would like to unite with our church today. Maybe you want to be a member of Community Baptist Church and make, it a, and make us uh, become officially a part of us. We invite you to do, to do that today as well. Maybe you just need a time of prayer this morning. We'll pray with you. Let us sing together and let us respond to the work of God's Spirit as we sing 502, Open My Eyes That I May See. be seated for just one moment. Um, I want to present to you this young lady, Sarah Carroll, who has uh, invited Christ into her life, and she wants to come and unite with our church and be baptized into the the Christian faith. Uh, I spoke with with, uh, Sarah last week. Um, What what day was it? It was around Christmas time. Uh, She just, was it after Christmas Two days after Christmas, she just came up to, to mom and dad and said, I want to be baptized. Mm-hmm. And um, so that kind of started it. And um, I met with her last week and talked a little bit about what it means to have faith in Christ. What it means for the love of Christ to run the darkness away. 
And she understands that, and she knows that. And uh, so she has accepted Christ as her Savior. And now she wants to follow him in baptism. Which, by the way, I'm preaching on baptism next Sunday. Hmm. How timely is that? (laughs) So, will you join me in welcoming Sarah into our fellowship officially and into the body of Christ by raising your hand and saying amen. 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 Sarah, this is a wonderful thing. It's a great decision that you have made. It's the most important decision that you can make. And I know, I asked Sarah when she came up here, I said, are you nervous? And she said, yeah. But you, and it's hard coming up here to, to do this. And I'm glad that all of her buddies came with her. You know what? That's like the whole church. We got you back. We're here for you, just like they are. All of, all of these people are here for you. And when they raised their hand and said amen a minute ago, that's what they were saying. We're here for you. And every one of us are ministers. Every one of us. Even you. And you can let your light shine where you are in school or at play or wherever you are. And we're looking forward to seeing a lot of light come from you. What a wonderful time. And we'll get her wet next week. (laughs) What a joy. What a joy. I know you'll want to come and speak with with Sarah and and her family and share the love of Christ with them and and welcome welcome her into our fellowship. Let us stand now as, uh, as we have our benediction. We have celebrated together that Jesus Christ came to be known by every person, every country, every culture on earth, for He is the Savior of all. May we come to know Him better and then make Him known to others, especially by the way that we live. And may the Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in the peace of Christ and walk in His light. Amen.